listening to Season 3 and another episode of Beyond Clean with Dave, a service of the Academy of Cleaning Excellence. I'm your host, Dave Thompson. And since you're listening, you might as well know that you're about to hear something that has to be healthy, positive, and or progressive in the cleaning industry today. Last year, we launched the Rockstar Custodian series of motivational sessions, in addition to the tactical classes which are being instructed around the U.S. Now, industry professionals are joining us to talk, share their thoughts, and let you know what's on their mind. So turn up the sound and let's get talking. Folks, we're here back again with another edition of Beyond Clean with Dave. Now, you also know that we throw this up on YouTube and we'll be doing this as a podcast. You know, we're always looking for another speaker. And, you know, I had this opportunity. We all use LinkedIn these days. I had this opportunity to reach out on LinkedIn to somebody that I ran into that, well, kind of inspired me in those early days of, well, thinking about being a professional speaker. And I listened to him, met him, and then we found out we had some things in common. So here we are, uh, well, some eight to 10 years later, we're not gonna tell you exactly, (laughs) but you probably noticed his book is, well, let's see, which side? It's on that side or this side or whatever is that book right there. You know, Jeff Beals, he is from Omaha and he's on the line with us today. I'm gonna let him introduce you and then we're gonna have a good conversation. So Jeff, uh, I think you're still in Omaha, right? Yeah, I, I live in Omaha, Nebraska, and uh, uh, that's where I am right now. I'm not on the road today, but uh, good to have uh, the opportunity to be on your podcast, Dave. And uh, as you said, you wanted me to introduce myself. Um, I am a sales consultant and sales strategist. What does that mean? Uh, it means that I do a lot of sales training and keynote speaking. That's how you and I got to know each other eight to 10 years ago, and uh, have spoken in six countries and 41 states and we added them up just this uh, last week for our new website that we're working on and i've done 511 official presentations uh so uh, i've been i've been pretty busy well i gotta tell you uh jeff i have a little catching up to do i don't know that i've maybe i don't know i've probably done a dozen this year so i got a lot of catching up to do hey that's not bad that's one a month well, you know, the, the interesting thing about it is, is if, um, and, and as I said, kind of one that inspired me was I wanted to get into the professional speaking, but, you know, I'm in the custodial business. Who goes and tours the country professional speaking on cleaning? Mm. Well, that's what everybody told me, and I listened to you, and this, this book right here, the one that you were talking about that day, you know, that power of self-marketing, uh, you know, uh, it was all I had. I mean, I was out in, in Men, Missouri, all by myself. And you and I started talking about Omaha and Nebraska. I don't know. Do you remember what we talked about we had in common? I, I don't remember that. I, I clearly remember talking to you. In fact, when you reached out to me on LinkedIn a couple days ago, I remembered instantly that you were the guy from the conference where I spoke in Columbia, Missouri. And, and I remembered you had a cleaning and custodial janitorial background. And I remember we talked about speaking and presentations, but uh, um, I don't remember that. And by the way, if you would have asked me when it was, I would have said, what, four or five years ago instead of eight or 10? 
<laughs> okay, so so time is going by much too quickly for both of us, is what you're saying, Jeff. It sure is. Yeah, it goes by way too fast. Okay, it was the Sand Hills of Nebraska is what we were talking about because I had a lot of my early uh, formative years up in the Sand Hills, and you were. Okay. And I asked you if you knew anything about the Sand Hills, and you said, "Oh yeah, sure." And there we go. Oh yeah, yeah. In fact. Uh, um, one of my fraternity brothers is a rancher in the sand hills of Nebraska. And I think they have 15 or 20,000 acres that they, uh, they operate as a cattle breeding ranch. And uh, yeah, it's right in the heart of the sand hills. And there've been a few times over the years when I've gone up there to visit him. And, and that, if you're not familiar with Nebraska, might not seem like that big of a deal, but going from Omaha where I live on the East side, to the sand hills is kind of a big deal. There's only, the only option is to take some lonely two-lane roads up there. There's, there's not a freeway that goes through that area. It's rather isolated. But if you ever need a little bit of solitude and, and you want to know what it's like to, to be the, the last man standing on earth, drive around the sand hills in north central Nebraska. Oh, gosh, I'll tell you. And, and you know, I was up there a number of years ago. My, my stepfather uh, passed away, and, and uh, we were there for the funeral in Arthur, Nebraska. And, you know, all of those feelings of solitude, as you said, you know, came rushing back. And, and uh, you know, like you said, if you really want to in today's world, it's hard to find places that really just put you back to nature as it, it always has been. And uh, that's one of those places. But, hey, we didn't, we didn't come here to talk about the sand hills, but it was just interesting how you, you, you know, in life we, we, we have these certain things we bring up and then automatically – there's a relationship and we were both talking about how to sell ourselves. You know, I think that's one of the things in the custodial industry, the, the reason that we have our show beyond clean, the reason we're using technology like we're doing today, zoom is just cause you're in the cleaning industry. Doesn't mean that you don't have something to market that you don't have. And I think people in the cleaning industry just don't know how to market their self-worth. Yeah, absolutely. And Dave, I would say it's a lot broader than just the cleaning industry. So um, your viewers sh shouldn't feel bad because uh, every industry I work with is pretty much the same way. But I'll tell you this, that uh, no matter what you do for a living, it is extremely important for you to have a very strong and well-developed personal brand. And that's what I talked about in that book that you have on the screen there, Self-Marketing Power, which was published uh, 11 years ago, but, uh, but still continues to sell because it's still a very relevant topic. We have to use our names and our reputations as a way to get in the door. People do business with people. They don't do business with companies. And so I've always been this big believer that one of the best ways to prospect is to be the type of person who is so active and involved and has worked hard to create this highly respected and widely recognized personal brand name or reputation that when you call someone, they've already heard of you. And if someone's already heard of you, they're more willing to uh, take your call or to return your call. Uh, just uh, tapping into, you know, aspects of human nature. We like the people that we're familiar with. We're comfortable with people we've heard of already. We're excited to talk to people who a lot of other people know and respect. And so if you can do the types of things to get yourself a good, strong, and uh, widely recognized personal brand, you're going to have a lot easier time doing whatever you want to do because people will be excited about you. Well, and Jeff, you're absolutely right. It doesn't matter what industry that we're in. I mean, you look at it today, you look back into history, 
we, we know certain things because of the people that were involved, the reputation. You know, my stepfather said, you know, the, the best thing you have is your word. And that is your reputation. I mean, it is an age old thing. We're just now learning though in new technology, the new, if you will, the 21st century, I hate to keep saying it that way, but you know, it, it has changed. It's social media now is where a lot of us do our branding, the LinkedIn thing. I was, you know, whenever I connected with you a few days ago, uh, a person liked one of my posts and I'm thinking, you know, I've seen him like a number of things. So I called him up and talked with him. Gosh, I had no idea. He used to work for the company I work for now. And I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, it, it is amazing. And, and social media have made the world a much smaller place than it used to be. And, and they're incredibly valuable tools for personal branding and for prospecting. I think though, Dave, when it comes to social media, what a lot of people in business need to remember is that while they are very powerful tools, they are only tools. And, and a lot of people, for instance, uh, for salespeople, I, I deal mostly with salespeople in my work. There are a lot of salespeople out there who, who like to live this, this fantasy that they can do all their prospecting simply by being uh, very active on Facebook or by saying pithy, creative, thoughtful things on LinkedIn uh, or having, uh, you know, uh, a thousand well, you, you, tweets. You, you can definitely get a following by doing that, but I'm not saying it's always a following you want. Yeah, and, and, and the following can be good, but, but, but social media should be seen as more of a lead generation tool, and they should be seen as more of a branding tool. And when it comes to the actual prospecting, you take the information about a person that social media has given you, and you enjoy the familiarity that people have with you because of the branding aspects of social media, but then you still have to reach out and touch that person directly. You know, the stuff that a lot of salespeople hate to do. You have to make a call. Um, <laughs> the social well, well, you know, and, 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 and as you said that, you know, I've got four YouTube channels. Uh, I've got hundreds of YouTube videos. And so whenever I do get a client that comes to the academy and, and, and engages with us, one of the things I always ask is, how did you come about engaging us? You know, what caused you to engage us and do business with us, ask questions, whatever it might be. And it's interesting to find out that most all of my connections that work with the Academy is either through a YouTube video or a LinkedIn contact. Mm -hmm. Now that doesn't mean that they, that made them do business, but that made them engage. But I can guarantee you that I get calls and emails like crazy. And that's what you're talking about, that reaching out and touching somebody. We just don't do it in the personal way we used to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, branding and lead generation. Uh, that's the, that's, uh, those are the two things that we get out of, out of social media. But yeah, I mean, if you, use the, if you use them properly and have your approach kind of synthesized among the various platforms, there's a big opportunity for you to make a lot of money. Um, other than, um, you know, working with previous customers or word of mouth, my biggest source of new business comes from the blog that I write. Um, I write an article every week that goes to 18,000 people. And the preponderance of those 18,000 people are decision makers who uh, hire and engage sales consultants and trainers like me. 
And, and, and I just make sure I stay in front of those people by giving them some item of free value um, every week. And uh, blogging, which is essentially another form of social media, very important for me, very effective. Now, you know, the, the thing is, and the reason that we've chose to start doing the podcast, and we've been doing the YouTube, but we've actually moved towards the podcasting now, is, and, I, and I'd like to ask you a question. Now, I don't ask too many questions, but I'm going to ask you one now, <laughs> is taking the blog, I've heard that taking the blog and actually turning that into a podcast is now a better way. And, I, you know, I got to thinking about this, and my boss actually kind of pushed me towards a podcasting thing. And I'm like, okay, I understand if I can get a, a, a listenership, if you will, of it's not viewing, but a, a, a people that routinely come to the podcast and listen, maybe this is probably a good thing because maybe this is kind of like going back to the 40s and 50s where they all ganged up around the radio and now the podcast is that way. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm a big believer in podcasts, even though I don't personally do one. I listen to quite a few of them and I like them. And I think, I, I think a podcast basically is as uh, uh, audio versions of blogs. And the, the only reason I personally don't do a podcast, uh, I guess there are a couple of reasons. One, I do a local radio show in my, my local market, traditional terrestrial radio. And, and, uh, and even though it's really on an unrelated topic, I talk about local business expansion and growth and development in my, my hometown, as opposed to sales, uh, that takes up a lot of my bandwidth. And then I'm on the road so much. Um, I just haven't, I haven't taken the time to do it. But uh, so, so mine are still done uh, by written word, which works well for me. But I love podcasts. I listen to them all the time. I learn a lot from them. But I do think there are a couple different types of people in the world. Um, there is a group of, of people who love to listen to a podcast. They love to watch videos. They spend a lot of time watching videos. I'm not one of those persons all the time because I find I can scan an article way faster than I can listen to a podcast. And so what I do is I, I have probably 50 or 60 sales uh, experts who I read every week. Um, I can scan through a handful of those articles um, in, in like two or three minutes. And your average uh, educational video, even a short one, is going to be probably at least three or four minutes. And so it's just, a, it's just kind of a style thing. You got you to appeal to all different types of people. I, I think that's what you hit right there. You know, today I noticed that us here at the Academy, we're always dealing with a number of different, not only nationalities, because we're based in Orlando, Florida. So I get a lot of different uh, ethnic groups and a lot of, a lot of diverse, diversity there. But you're also dealing now with five different generations that are consuming our information that we're putting out. <clears throat> Excuse me. And what I have, have experienced is we can't communicate with all of them the same way. And even with that, some of them want different types of communication at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, and it's even further complicated because the communication environment is overloaded. I mean, people probably have way more communication stimuli than they're even capable of handling. And, and some people think that's one of the reasons why there's a lot of unrest and discord in our society is that there, there's too much communication and there's too much stimulus in that way. And so if we are using these various communications platforms of which there are 
too many to count. If we're using those for business purposes or for sales prospecting purposes, we have to remember um, that we're trying to uh, get our voice heard in the loudest, uh, the loudest and most crowded uh, marketplace that's ever existed in human history. It's tough. Well, you know, I, I happen to be watching, as most of us do, we watch our movies and our TV shows and stuff, and I've kind of given up on regular, you know, broadcast TV. Oh, I'm watching you. a lot of Netflix, and I happen to be watching one right now called Outlander, you know, based back in the 1700s. And you look at the different ways of communication and in styles and everything, and in this particular one, this person jumps between two decades or two uh, uh, time frames 200 years apart and I'm looking at what you and I are talking about the communication because I think that's the whole thing whenever we're talking about personal branding you and I are predominantly now talking about communication oh yeah yeah and, and, and if you talk about 200 years ago that was 40 years before the start of the Civil War <laughs> so yeah communication was way different back then uh, God only knows what it'll be like uh, 200 years uh, from now, perhaps people will just think it uh, and it'll be communicated. But yeah, it's a, uh, communication is, is, is not only an art, it's probably the single most essential activity of business. And uh, anything that we can do to make sure we do a damned good job of it um, is probably time well spent and, 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 and directly translates into money in our pocket or not if we don't do a good job. Well, and I think that's the, what we're talking about because you did say that we still have to use that prospect. We have to engage that person, however we may have come about them, but it, it still comes back to that personal brand that that person has developed through whatever method and continues to reinforce that. But then the company that, that backs that person up is where you're, like you said, you're gonna get the business there, but you have to kind of have that entrance into that and that's that person. Yeah. And then I think once you have the entrance, Dave, one of the, the, the critical things to remember is um, the value in what you say. So when we're in a world in which everyone is starved of time and there's way more communication stimuli than we can at all possibly process, the communication that we do bother to listen to is that which is extremely valuable and or compelling to us. And so if you're trying to craft a message, and, and, and most of the time when, when you do what I do, uh, helping people sell more, or helping companies sell more, I'm focused on prospecting. What you do to go out there and, and manufacture new clients out of thin air. In order to do that uh, in this cluttered, overwhelming, uh, intimidating communication environment, you have to say something that's extremely valuable to a prospective client and it has to be very, very compelling so that they even bother to notice it in the first place. That's the big challenge. How do you figure out what it is that they would likely value? How do you package that in such a way that it meets your goals, but they can digest it? And then three, how do you shock the person by making it so compelling that they'll actually bother to focus on you for 10 or 15 seconds so that you can get your foot in the door? You know, as you said that, I was thinking back about the time frame of which the two of us met, Jeff. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, at, everything has a reason and time, and it just was timely, because what I was going through was trying to figure out how to move myself 
from prospecting and selling janitor supplies on the day-to-day -day street, if you will, beat the shoe leather. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to figure out how to go into this educational market so I can move my career to help people in a different way. Not that I wasn't doing okay, it's just I had a desire to expand and grow. And one of the things I did was in Columbia, I actually started to going to uh, One Million Cups and they introduced me to a wow statement. And at the same time, I was actually trying out to go onto TED Talks in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. So all of this together during that about two year period of time, I actually created a wow statement, basically what you're talking about, to make somebody go, wow, I've got to hear more and I can do that in 15 seconds. That took a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, some people call it a wow statement. Some people call it a value proposition. Uh, back in the 80s and 90s, we called it an elevator speech. But yeah, there needs to be that little something that you say when you, you meet a new person. Oftentimes, it's an answer to the question, what do you do? Um, that, that is compelling, is fascinating, and, and, and makes people want to learn more. And that is an art. You know, because typically uh, uh, you, you go to uh, one of those network events or public meetings or uh, some social event and you ask someone what you do and you get a whole bunch of gobbledygook that uh, sounds like a bunch of ridiculous uh, corporate jargon. And that doesn't work for anyone. You got to be able to say what it is that you do quickly in plain English and, and, and hopefully in a way that catches their attention. Okay, so Jeff, you, you, you've written two books. Now, we only have one of these up here right now. What's the other book, Jeff? I forget right off the top of my head. Yeah, it was really a, a niche, a unique book. Um, it's called Selling Saturdays, Blue Chip Sales Tips from College Football. And uh, I'm a huge uh, football fan, particularly of college football. And I've always been fascinated with the way my favorite team recruits star athletes. There are only a small number of of high school football players in any given year who are true special difference makers and all the big time football schools fight over them. And, you know, we sometimes hear stories about cheating and all this sort of thing. And, and it struck me that it's a fascinating process and it's the ultimate in competitive selling. So, so I inter interviewed all these legendary coaches, learned their secrets for how they recruit athletes. And I basically wrote a sales book for people who happen to be football fans who sell for a living. It was a fun project to do. And, uh, and it turned out to be a pretty good book if you enjoy sales and if you enjoy college football. Well, that's probably the reason that I didn't remember it because I'm not a college football fan, but I did remember sales. I remembered the book was there. <laughs> yeah. In fact, one of the, the biggest compliments um, that I can receive from that book, and I, I periodically, as you might imagine, do presentations uh, based on that book. And, and there will oftentimes be a lot of people in the audience who are not football fans, or in some cases, not even really sports fans. But the biggest compliment I can get is when um, someone inevitably comes up to me after the speech. And usually uh, it is a woman, not always, but usually it is a woman. And she will say something like this. I'm not even a football fan, but I loved that. And that really spoke to me. Uh, when I get that, I realize, okay, um, the material stands on its own merit. And it's good, even if you're not a fan. You know, as you say that, Jeff, I'm thinking about, uh, as I've moved into the public uh, presentation arena, uh, I can't help but think of the powerful one that I've done so far this year up in uh, Baltimore. And, you, you know, you, you prepare. We do. I mean, it takes a lot of work before we get up there and do that one hour. 
and people think, oh, it's just an hour. You really don't understand, unless you've been on this side, what it takes before you get up there. And I now have gotten to the point for me personally where I don't want to say it's I'm on autopilot, but I really don't have to think through the material because, well, one, I've done it so often, I've repeated it and I've practiced it so much, but now I'm starting to be able to enjoy the, the communication, the way that people work back and forth with us and, and in the way they're reacting. So now I've got to the point where I can watch how they react and there is nothing better than whenever you get through and you can see that you've had an impact on their life personally. You know, yes, you're talking sales, I'm talking custodians and cleaning, but you know, whenever they come up to you personally and have that message and you can see they grab hold of it, there, there is, I mean, you know, it, it's worth everything. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, one of my favorite things since I've been doing this now for about 12 or 13 years is when I have someone um, that will come up to me sometimes in an airport or sometimes uh, uh, at an event and they'll say, um, um, you told me I had a presentation that I should do something or rather uh, eight, nine, 10 years ago or whatever. And I tried that. And uh, because of that, we switched this and our company grew because of that, or I hired this person uh, or I chose to um, go a completely different route and it's made me so much money or I'm so much happier. And um, that is the greatest feeling on earth <laughs> when, when you have some sort of influence on, on someone's success or happiness. So, you know, like I said, I don't ask many questions, but, you know, we all have, and you said you read a number of different people. Who's your mentor? Who's that one that you really follow a lot? Or, or can you, or do you want to tell? No, no, I'm, I'm fine to say it. I don't really have a mentor per se, but I have a few uh, uh, sales leaders who I pay very, very close attention to. And, uh, and I'm actually very blessed to be in a mastermind group of 52 sales consultant author speakers located around the world. And several of those folks have really helped me a lot. Um, and, and I pay very close attention to them. Um, some of my fellow mastermind group members are uh, Jeb Blunt, uh, who is a best-selling author that's written um, several books. A lot of people probably know his book, Fanatical Prospecting. Um, Anthony Iannarino, uh, author of The Only Sales Guide You'll Ever Need. Um, I, I really like Mike Weinberg's writing. Um, Mike is based in St. Louis, and, and, and he has... Um, uh, his third book out right now, brand new, is called Sales Truth. But my favorite of his three books is Sales Management Simplified, because I do a lot of, of work with sales leaders, even probably more than I do with sales reps. Um, and then uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Jeff Shore and James Meir, a couple other guys. And then uh, there's another sales leader who lives in my same city, Mark Hunter. Um, who has a couple outstanding books. And in fact, one that I recommend is High Profit Prospecting. Um, if you want to have some real cut and dried, plain, simple, easy to use prospecting advice that really works, High Profit Prospecting by Mark Hunter is a great one. So yeah, I, I listen to those guys all the time. And, and, and the, the fact that I get to be in the same mastermind group as those guys is, is really fortunate for me. Jeff, you know what? I got to tell you, you're, 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 you're pushing the boundaries of, uh, you know, what I usually do is somebody gives me one or two answers and I can put up a book on the screen and everything. But I was trying to go, 
I don't know how many, I don't know if I can find all those books. Now I've got a lot of research to do to get find those. Cause you know, everybody's going to ask, you know, where does that book come from or who was that person, you know? So, yeah. uh, gee, thanks for giving me some work to do here for the video. Yeah. Thanks. Jeff. Well, you, you know, Dave, I'm, I'm a, I'm a former college instructor, so I'm good at giving homework. And, uh, so yeah, if you have me on here for a long time, I can give you a lot of homework, but I tell you, um, I read like my hair is on fire. Um, that's critically important. You know, in my line of work, uh, I'm supposed to be uh, an, an expert and up on the latest and greatest ideas and sales. Well, I can only do that if I am reading like reading is going out of style. And so I pretty much, I, I read every um, sales book I can get my hands on. And, uh, and then like I say, I've got about 50 or 60 different sales consultants um, whose weekly material I read every week and most of it i enjoy because i'm a i'm a sales geek i'm another i'm other kinds of geek too but uh but I, I'm, I'm a sales geek i'm a business geek and I, I love keeping up on that stuff but if you do um uh it's not hard to be on the cutting edge if you're constantly reading well the thing about it is is just like you we enjoy what we're doing so it's not <clears throat> it's not a labor it's it's just something that we do every day i have my time where I do certain things at certain times. <clears throat> so yes, I, I totally understand. So I'm not going to put you on here very much longer, Jeff, because I don't need any more homework. <laughs> I, do, I do appreciate you taking some of your time. It's very valuable. I appreciate that. I, I have two questions I want to finish, though, with. Okay. I know you're in Omaha now. Where were you born? Here, Omaha. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm like a homing pigeon. Uh, I, uh, I, uh, after graduate school, I lived for a couple of years in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and then uh, came back home. And it's a great place to do business, a great place to raise a family, and central time zone is really convenient to travel from. All right. So then the question, and these are questions I ask of all of my students that come into class. So, hey, you know, you used to be an instructor, now I get to do it too. So <laughs> the other question is, is, before you leave this world, give me one thing that you personally want to get done for yourself, like a bucket list thing. Hmm. You know, as, as a man who is cursed with too many interests, that's a difficult question uh, for me to answer because uh, uh, just as you're afraid to have me on for too long because of uh, the homework I might give you, um, I, I don't know if I'm capable of, of answering that question concisely. I, I will say, uh, as a man with too many interests, I love to travel. I'm always going places and, and seeing things and trying something new. Um, and uh, I do hope uh, I do hope that I get to be a, a grandfather someday. I was 37 and 39 when my kids were born. So if, if they wait the same amount of time, I'll be a little on the old side uh, to be a, to be a grandpa. So maybe I maybe I should go start. I don't know, encouraging my kids to have kids. I, 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 but that's one thing I definitely want to do. I, I, I hope I have some good grandpa years in me before I leave this world. Well, you know what? I, I got to, since you said that, see, I, I never became a father, uh, but my wife, uh, my second wife had a, a, a son and, and now I have a granddaughter. And on my first book, she's on the front cover in a mop bucket and it's titled The New Generation of Cleaning. And it's because <laughs> of her and this, this group of, of children that are coming up that uh, I really want to impact with our healthy message of cleaning. So uh, 
I've already got you beat on the granddaughter part, but <laughs> so, so you've traveled a lot. Where's one of the places you really want to go that you haven't been? Oh, at any given time, I've got a, uh, a top 10 uh, destination list of places that I have not been. And currently number one on the, on the places that I have not been that I want to go to is Rome, Italy. But oh, oh goodness gracious. And as soon as I go there, something else will take its spot. Well, hey, that, that, that's the reason it's a list. It's not, it's not an end. It's just a list and you keep adding to it. Yeah, I pretty much want to see everything. So before we go, what would be one of the last things that you want to leave our audience with today uh, in, in marketing and self-promotion and sales, whatever? You know, I, I would imagine that a lot of people who listen to your program and who watch you uh, sell for a living uh, or at least partially sell for a living. And I always like to remind people that in many ways, sales is the single most important job out there, because if there's not someone who actually does the work of uh, getting the, the right product matched to the right person and showing them how it works and, and why they would benefit, um, the wheels of commerce would literally grind to a halt. And the other thing is, for those of you that are in sales, know that um, you probably have about as good a defense against artificial t intelligence taking over your job as, as, as anyone else. Because um, while, while accountants are being outsourced to artificial intelligence and even lawyers, thank God, are being replaced by computers, you'll always need someone who is capable of going out there and creating a relationship and manufacturing a client out of thin air. That's a salesperson. And if you've got some selling skills, you'll always find a job somewhere. So it is the single best form of work that a person can do if you want to persist and have a good time doing it. I got to tell you, that was Jeff Beals. He is the author of Self-Marketing Power, which you see right on the screen, and his other book, about you know Saturdays and football and selling catch him I mean you got to catch up with him go to his website Jeff uh, website uh, address real easy jeffbeals.com that's what I thought okay so I really appreciate you the audience for listening to us or watching if you might be uh, as you know we have hundreds of videos uh, we always talk about you know three words I have on every podcast on every video Folks, keep it healthy, positive, and proactive, and we'll catch you on our next show. Thanks for watching or listening as it might be.